Hello, welcome to episode two of season two, Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah. Um, with me, Luke Flanagan, and Rich Walker's here as my co-host. Now then. Now then. Um, so a few things just... Now then, that's our new phrase, now isn't then, it? It every... is, every time, isn't it? <laughs> now then. Apparently it's a bit Jimmy Savile, but I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't know about that. Uh, Leeds would know about that, no, nothing else. <laughs> now then. Um, so yeah, it's only now then if you repeat it twice, isn't it? That's when it's weird. It's just if you say now, then it's just a greeting, I think. Yeah, I know. Well, I've been going around saying it for most of my adult life. So me I don't too, know what to be fair. About me. <laughs> well, working in a in a school that's basically uh, in the middle of farmer community, I sh- I have now then and now bar shouted at me all the time. So. <laughs> now bar. So anyone who's I don't even know what that. It's means. just like now then, mate, but it's just drift talk. It's just yeah. Uh, anyone okay, who no. listens in drift will absolutely know what I'm talking about. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, firstly. Uh, big thanks to the Danny Johnson and Hull City ladies. Um, they're our sponsors, um, and their season starts next Sunday. Um, they played Man United under twenty ones last week. Um, they did get beaten quite resoundingly, but you would expect that from a Premier League ladies side. Um, Budget's going to be much much higher. Massively, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was there at the game watching as well because they played it as a curtain raiser for the first Man United women's game. Um, so that's obviously good for City raising the profile and stuff so that's really good um, so we'll be down there at some points this season um, in partner with FanHub as well we've got FanHub the Fans First movement so check out our bio for the links to Hull City Ladies and for Fans First um, really good guys and yeah, follow them make sure you keep up with all the news that they've got uh, and also thanks to our Patreons so we've got Adam Brown Rich Fleming Alex O'Neill, um, PB Clinical Hypnotherapy, who won the book last week, uh, Micah Sam and Aaron Bell. Uh, and when I've done the draw this time, it's Richard Fleming, um, who goes also by Hull City Data, I, I believe. Um, he is the winner of the mug this week. So congratulations to Rich, and I'll get in touch with him, or you can get in touch with us, and we'll sort out all of that. Um, so thanks to everybody for supporting. Um, just a quick note for those patrons um, we're working on some special guests where it will be patrons first. Um, no names mentioned quite yet. Very well. exciting. I told Rich, and he was yeah. You you were quite buzzing, weren't you, when we uh, we had the talk about that? Um, yeah. So no no names mentioned yet, but it it would be a draw, wouldn't it? It would be the biggest guest we've had so far. I think. Uh, One of the biggest. Yeah, I, I mean, say. they've all been good. Oh, but yeah, it's definitely. very exciting. Yeah, it yeah it, it's stuck there definitely, isn't it? Um, so a couple of names actually. Yeah, I did mention the other one to you the other night, Rich. So a couple of yeah. names we're working on. Uh, we'll get through to that. Um, so anyway, yes, welcome to episode two. Um, and I think the first thing we're going to do is talk about the games that we watched over the last week or so, because um, we we end we did our preview and it was just before the Sunderland game. We've now had the Sunderland game and the Leicester under-21s game, so I think if we start with the Sunderland game, which we, well, we won, didn't we, on penalties? Yeah, on penalties, yeah. Um, Nil-nil. Be interested to know your thoughts first, Rich, and I'll chip in whenever you uh, have time to take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was was so enthused about the the game. Carabao Cup, excitement, EFL trophy. Might just wrap it on for days and days and days. Might just blow up with excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was... 
to be watching a, a competitive game of football again. I know I said last week that I wasn't massively mm. enthusiastic about mm-hmm. it. Um, I think it looked like we were in some areas of the field a new side. Um, the the balance wasn't quite there in midfield for me. You could still see that they were trying to get to know each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought Richie Smallwood. I was I was reasonably impressed with him. I didn't think he was, you know, he wasn't excellent in terms of uh, his impact on the game. But you could see what he was about. He's he's going to kick everyone that comes near he's, him. He's that um, horrible bastard in midfield we never had, wasn't he? We've been missing one yeah. for quite a while. It's like the, the um, Ashby style tackler. You know, it's that's what we haven't had last season particularly. There's nobody to do that, was there? No, no. Um, and I thought George Honeyman in there with him had, you know, if we were if we were full of praise for uh, Honeyman's application and, and some of his impact on games last year mm. or towards the tail end of last year, mm. um, then Saturday was maybe back to how we previously saw him. I didn't think he was yeah. brilliant. I thought he gave away fouls needlessly in dangerous areas. So many. He was. I, mean, I can't remember whether or not he got booked for persistent infringement. I think he, he must I have think, been close. I think he did in the end. He was getting on my nerves a bit. I think it was because yeah, it was his old club. He's trying to make his mark and stuff, isn't he? But he was it, trying to hard. that way, didn't it? Trying to it, it did appear that way, but yeah. he was just diving into tackles and, and committing silly fouls because he was wrong side of men and yeah. still trying to win the ball. and. Mm. Mm. You know, it's just everything that we came to kind of dislike about Honeyman's performances at times last season. Yeah, uh, and then Doherty didn't really have much of a chance to to make an impact no, on the game. He didn't get in the game that much, did he? It was just kind of no, he didn't. He didn't. But then it was it was a difficult ask for him once once Eves had gone off because that that player that could maybe bring him into dangerous situations and that he could look to play off wasn't there. Mm. Because uh, you know, God knows Samuelson's not centre forward. Oh, I don't know what he is, mate. I tell you what, I was going to bring Samuelson <laughs> up. I mean, he was poor, weren't he? He was poor in both games, but yeah, he was. I mean, he's I, so I lightweight. Didn't... The, I mean, the kid. I mean, you, you'd be forgiven, I think, from a distance if you see him and James Berry from the under twenty threes playing. They look very similar with the hair and the. They do. The I, I know. I know. You could tell at times in the commentary. I thought. Um, in the Leicester game, and mm. that James Fletcher was having trouble picking them out. Yeah, because well, he was playing out on the left was Berry, and yeah, the, Samuelson went through the middle. But I don't know what McCann's thinking. I mean, I know Eves went off injured, and that's unfortunate for him because I think Gillingham would have been a big game for him to try and yes. prove himself. So I'm a bit disappointed for for Eves really, although he didn't say show anything up until the first half hour. But he barely got the ball, did he? So, yeah. um, but. Putting him up there, I just didn't get it. I don't understand why he goes with a target man um, and then doesn't play to his strengths, which we know that already. It's been done to death. We don't need to go there again. But when he takes Eves off, he then puts Samuelson through the middle and tries... Did, did, did For you, did the, did the play change at all? It didn't for me. No, it didn't. It didn't appear to. I mean, my one big thing about Samuelson is, is how wasteful he is with the ball. Mm. Um, the back physically, uh, he's very, very slight as well. He is. Uh, yeah, he's very lightweight, and he gets bullied off the ball so easily. Yeah, he, but then, then in the times where he does do it, and we saw this quite a lot on Tuesday night as well. Um, mm. 
he was he was trying things where he's almost trying to move the play on too quickly. There were a couple of little flicks around the corner that he tried to do on first time, and mm. it's almost like keep it simple. All right, you, you're a technically gifted player. Mm. Apparently, I don't think we've seen all that much to, to I, say. I don't think it's fair to, to judge him that much because he's barely in the team at the yeah, end of last year. But, and then he didn't even make the lessons, squad. But, there's uh, lessons for him to learn, I think, about you know the responsibility of playing that position. Mm. If it is going to be something that we look to, mm. um, you know, if we're not able to strengthen up front. I know McCann said that he's looking for somebody up there. I did say that in the press if, conference today, yeah. Yeah, if, if Samuelson's going to be an option that we go to, then he needs to learn a little bit about the responsibilities that a, a centre forward has or a focal point has of, um, you know, when they have the ball, don't you can't necessarily be giving it away and, you know, turning it over when your team's in transition because that's when you, you expose your defence or mm. your midfield. And it makes it very easy for other teams to play in the spaces that you leave behind. I think, um, I think the other thing with Sam Wilson is if he loses the ball, he doesn't kill himself to try and get it back. No, he doesn't seem to. He just seems to be he like, oh, well, never to... mind, that didn't work then. I'll just stand up here and wait for the ball to come again so I can try a stupid back heel. <laughs> I, mean... I mean, there were times on Tuesday night... I didn't watch the game live because, you know, yeah, the half-five yeah. kick-off, I, I, I did get in from work. I did watch it. Time. I know you've watched the full game back afterwards, oh, haven't oh. you? So. Yeah, for, for some reason, I watched the entire 90 minutes back <laughs> last night. Well, um, <laughs> at least it was a more entertaining game than the Sunderland one, penalties yeah, it, aside. It was, but I felt like I learned more from the Sunderland game because they're first-team players, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think we're more likely to see some of them. But anyway... What I saw out with Samuelson last night were there were times where he was giving the ball away and it was like you say, rather than, you know, work to try and make up for his mistake, it's yeah. almost like he's looking at other people around him and saying, Well, you weren't in position to receive it off me. Blaming in the first them. Place. Yeah, he's like, Well, I used to play yeah. for West Ham, mate, so what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. I don't know um, if I'm being a bit unfair on him. It just doesn't it doesn't I mean, seem possibly... to be that bothered about winning the ball back if he's lost it. That's the big thing for me that I think a lot of City fans wouldn't forgive. If he lost the ball, mm. but then, you know, like, I remember, F was it Fagan got booked that first game in the Premier League where he lost the ball and he thought, well, I have him, Koncheski, go up the other end and try and equalise in the 89th yeah. minute. I'll clip him out here. Yeah. And he took the book in. City fans love that. I mean, they love Fags anyway, don't they? But that that sort of work ethic and, you know, do whatever it takes to kind of stop any counter-attacks or to win the ball back. It goes a long way with City fans and most football fans, in fairness, I think. But he doesn't seem to have that mentality. No, no. I mean, but again, as as we said already, you know, with any any criticism of him at this early stage in his City career yeah. and given the, the limited minutes that he's had, he's, could probably, upon reflection, be a little bit harsh. Mm. Um I want him to do well. He, he, <laughs> I want him he, to do he well. Certainly, he, yeah, he certainly wasn't entirely at fault for you know the way that we played no. in the Sunderland game. No. Um, I thought there was, you know, we we didn't create chances very well, did we? I'll tell you what, we could have been five 0 down at half time against Sunderland. Yeah, we we could have been. We got we got very very lucky in that first twenty minutes. Sunderland just they, they could have had four or five. It was like, like watching the Wigan game again, mate. The way they were coming forward every time, they looked like they were going to score. <laughs> 
and there was still that frailty at set pieces as well. Yeah, wasn't there? it was just. Uh, I mean, I don't know what we expected with the same centre back pairing and the same coaching staff, but it's, it's it's clear that they've still got that in them. Mm. Um, I did think from last year. I did think uh, with a positive for Sunderland. Um, obviously, well, when it went to penalties, firstly we didn't miss one. Um, yeah. Everybody put the penalty away pretty pretty well. Um, there was no kind of lucky ones for me, really, was there? I thought Wilkes is kind of... <laughs> he was quite cheeky with that one, I thought, Wilkes. Um, is that the stuttered run up yeah. there, boys, wasn't it? Yeah, it makes me nervous when players do that. It doesn't matter <laughs> who you play for. I'm just like... Because <laughs> they've all just watched Pogba and think they can do it, but I don't know. It, I, they all scored, so that was a, that was a positive. I was glad, you or you know, I'm, I love Kane Lewis Potter. I think he's great, but... Yeah, yeah I, it's a bit it's a bit weird how much you love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I just want local boys to do well, really. No, I'm with I'm with you on that. I'm only pulling you. I leg. know, um, but it was it was written for him to do it when he having the fifth penalty. I was I was chuffed about that for him. To yeah, be fair. and he took he, he dispatched it well. Um, he did take it very well. The other one, the the other positive for me was Josh Emmanuel. Yeah, I was going to mention him. I thought he was, I thought he was, was very, very good. good. I have a friend who's an Ipswich fan. Um, he lives over in Manchester, but he's an Ipswich fan. And he said, you're welcome to Emmanuel because he's shit. Um, <laughs> and I said, well, I'll, I'll make my own mind up, thanks. And actually, I texted him after the game and said, you're wrong on Emmanuel because I thought he's solid. I thought he had a really good good, good full debut for us. Yeah, he um, did. So I was impressed by him. He was, he, I mean, particularly in that first half when um, there was him at... Right him back. at right back and mm. Brandon Fleming at left back and, mm. and Fleming had a bit of a torrid time early on. He yeah, he got booked like as well in the first half, the didn't he? Yeah, um, and whatever came down our right flank, mm. um, Emmanuel just seemed to deal with very well and he yeah. also headed one off the line, you know, as a crucial intervention early on to, to keep the he game. He did, yeah, that early on. It's quite ironic that now, I mean, obviously Louis Coyle should be a good player for us too. We've not seen him yet. Because he's suspended, and I but... think everybody expected him to be our first choice right back, didn't they? But already Emmanuel's put his name on the shirt, and it's just like, well, how ironic! Now we've got two very good right backs in theory, than we had none last year. <laughs> it's just a bit strange. Isn't it? Yeah, I didn't know if there was yeah. any other um, any other players that stuck out after the Sunderland game before we moved on to the Leicester. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anybody stuck out. I thought Matt Ingram had some. Mm. Um, oh, he saved the first you know, penalty, didn't he? So yeah, he had to, he had to make a couple of decent, decent saves, saves yeah. as well as, as the game wore on. So I was I was going to ask you about that. Long, George Long, not even in the squads. Injured apparently. Is he really? I yeah, uh, I did look uh, for McCann it on the day, but I couldn't say. McCann said afterwards to to Burnsy that he just got a little knock in right. training. Cause okay, I think, I think Burnsy had. Um, Got a sniff that Long had um, had a bust up, had some kind of training yeah, ground bust up. I, I think that. he said Malik Wilkes, but I could be wrong on that. But McCann, McCann sort of denied it. Right. Well, um, he would do though, wouldn't he? Well, he would, but I mean, this training ground bust ups happen all the oh, time. Oh yeah, they happen and, in every club. I think, I think we would like to sensationalise them. I've, in all the time I've been watching City, I've been down to training once. Mm. Uh, and that was just after Phil Parkinson had, had taken over. And I went down with my brother to watch a session. Mm. Um, Stuart Ailes was taking it. I think he was the fitness coach at the time, right. or fitness coach. Yeah. And uh, so I've been to one training session. And at this one training session, Nick Barnby and Stuart Elliott had a massive bust up. Well, I think Barnby had lots of them with players, didn't they? 
Yeah, but I mean, it's and, just and the they, passion they were fight, really. really. There, there weren't, there weren't any punches no. thrown or anything. They didn't even get into a physical altercation. Like they didn't even get close to each other. But they were, they were arguing. shouting at each yeah. other. They were having a proper, proper argument. So it's like I've been to one training session and it happened there. So it just makes me yeah. think it must be common because nobody batted an eyelid. Yeah, and just carried so, on like it happens all the time, I suppose. Sort of yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's Barnes having high standards of somebody who was a very good player for us too, though I would have thought. Um, but I think it was both of them having high standards. Yeah, um, yeah, potentially. Um, but yeah, I, 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 even if he did have a training ground bust up, like you say, I think that happens all the time. Yeah, I don't think there's anything, yeah. anything uh, to to worry about. I just haven't heard anything about the injury, but. If, no, if he's but, got a knock, then obviously you don't want to be risking even putting on the bench. I mean, he had Cartwright no. on bench against Sunderland. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know what will happen tomorrow. Uh, Long will be out the squad again and it'll merge that something's happened. Yeah, he's moving. <laughs> even though McCann yeah. said nobody's going out. <laughs> Long's on his way back to somebody yeah, else. We'll, we'll be downplaying it and then it'll turn yeah. out there's something in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but obviously winning on... It's a, it, and it'll win's a win. And I was hoping it'd breathe a bit of confidence into us. Yeah, I mean, however you get it, all right, you know, 90 minutes, it was nil-nil. Mm. But what what matters is that the the good feeling after the penalty shootout, mm. it'll it'll just bring the squad together. And, you know, whether or not you've, you've won on penalties or you've won in, in the the 90 minutes of football, it's... At least there was no extra time thing. to suffer through either. It was straight to penalties, oh, so it was it. done. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that was good. Um, of course, we've been... Rewarded with the shittest oh, God, yeah. of second round ties. Leeds United. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my my Twitter. I turned my Twitter off for a while after we got drawn with that because I'm just bored of all that rubbish. Yeah, I just didn't even bother checking because you just knew that the city hashtag was going to be jumped full of people, whole whites, full of people who aren't obsessed with us because we're we're small time telling us how small time we are mm. with their unsolicited. Unsolicited comments. Yeah, um, we didn't ask, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, well, I mean, that's that's something that we don't have to look forward to. <laughs> I know. Um, but then, obviously, Leicester EFL Trophy group. I did want to ask you. I don't know why this is. So we're in a group, aren't we? With three other teams: <laughs> Harrogate, Grimsby, us, and then obviously Leicester under twenty ones. Yeah, the game should have finished one one. That penalty decision was ridiculous. But I was told that it would go to penalties if it was 1-1 yeah. at the end. Why is that if we're in a group? There's an extra point. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... Okay. it's um, I didn't know that that's the way they did it, but it's not a format that's unfamiliar to me. Because when James Fletcher they... said, oh, it goes to penalties at the end, I thought, no, it doesn't. We're in a group. Like, it's a group stage. Yeah. But obviously yeah, then it would have been if, they, if it had finished 1-1. It's some kind of weirdness. Um, they do it in the ice hockey as well. Oh, do they? In, okay. In North America, yeah. So, like, a, a game that finishes tied, tied after yeah. overtime goes to a penalty shootout. Both teams get a point, but the winner of the penalties gets an extra point, and they're called a loser's point, a pity point. Right. Uh, and the idea is there, at least, that it, it creates parity. Okay. Uh, greater parity across like an 82 game season what the thinking is behind it in a six game group um, 
Mickey Mouse competition. I don't know. I do wonder. Um, I mean, I like the idea in theory I of do, the EFL I don't. Cup, I think, but it just I doesn't think work, does it? I really don't in, think in, it's something that that's needed currently. In football, it feels gimmicky. Yeah, um, I, I think it's kind of done to create excitement and intrigue in a competition. I mean, we got really to watch some of the we got to watch some of the under twenty threes players, and I did enjoy watching some of those players because mm. they, they they tried for the shirt. We saw some good quality, especially in the second yeah, half. I, I thought. I, don't know about I thought you. some of them have, they acquitted themselves very well. You know, all right, the, it might not have been stupid statement. Leicester's full strength under twenty three. Who cares if it is or not? Um, I mean. They are... But there the will still have been very good players in there because well, I think yeah. they finished second in, in Premier Two last season. I mean, hey, they, they, they've got a good academy system. They've got some good players that have come through in the last few yeah. years. Look at Chilwell and Hamza Chowdhury and you know people like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, for, for some of City's players to come out with the positive showings that they had, mm. you know, it's very good thing. And people, people, quick to react negatively. I think kind of following the commentary along. Uh, on Twitter, mm. um, obviously not watching the game, um, and I know people are quite negative saying the first half was dour, but I thought there was. There was I don't think there was that much in it. To like about I don't it. think there was I that much was... in it. To be honest, I thought Cartwright nearly, uh, nearly gave away one, but recovered well when Hurst was in. Um, but there were still things to enjoy, even, even though there weren't, you know, there weren't loads of shots on goal and what have you. There were still things to enjoy about I it. Do you know? think, I, Pete, I do Pete think Pete Lewis um, Potter played very well. Mm, uh, I do. First half created a couple of opportunities. It's when he cut inside, I thought he could have bent it to the far post and he kind of went yeah. near post. Uh, but that obviously yeah. shows his inexperience. I'm not bothered about that, but at least he's, you know, he's cutting in, he's doing what we know he can do. Um, mm. I think people get. I don't know about you, but the stuff with the data and stuff, or like statistics and stuff, I think, for me, I know it was a kind of a Mickey Mouse competition, as you say, but I actually enjoyed watching that whole City Leicester 21 games. I actually enjoyed mm. watching it more than I did the Sunderland game because the Sunderland game just felt like, well, we'd barely have any shots on target. We should have been 5 0 down. And then obviously, when the penalties, where we win on penalties, obviously I'm happy about that and it's, it's a nice end to the game. But I felt really sorry in the end for our young lads because I thought, I mean, the penalty decision, (laughs) I just laughed out loud. I thought he'd book him for simulation because he he threw himself at Jones and went down and was like, oh, he bounced off him, you know, like, oh, friend. And he just, ref took about three or four seconds thinking about it and just gave it because he thought, I need to get home for my tea. I can't be asked with a pen shootout as well. Right, I'll, yeah, I'll, give, so it. Let's, I'll give it. I'll give Let's just have one. Yeah. And it just seemed a little bit, I don't know, it it definitely wasn't fair because I thought, I mean, you know, McCann usually gets slated for his changes because he usually just does personnel that's swapping and not changing the system. But yeah, he chose... Far too late. He chose the right personnel because once we started moving the ball through the thirds like we did with Jones to... Batty and then Batty out to Chadwick. That cross was beautiful. It was. It was fantastic. Yeah. And then obviously Lewis Potter still. Lewis Potter still got a lot to do there. Diving header mm-hmm. made it look easy for me. But that sort of football reminded me of City of old in some respects. Like p- passing it through quite quickly and whipping the ball in, like El Mahamadi used to do, even maybe five or six years ago. And it just kind of went well. We've not had that all game. You know, the second half, particularly, after they, after we conceded, we really went at them and we could have scored two or three times. 
yeah, we, we finished the game very strong. Mm. And it just felt like uh, a proper sucker punch to me with that, that penalty because they didn't deserve that by the end of it. No, and it, it's like you say, it was, it was soft as. I know we were talking about it earlier today. Mm. And, like, does it rank up there with the worst penalty award that you've ever seen? Um, and it. I mean, I always exaggerate when I'm talking to you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was very, very poor. It was poor, wasn't it? I know that the example I gave you was uh, Tyrone Ming's non-existent yeah, penalty I, award I, Burnley I, I don't know how I don't know how that got pushed out of my head, but now I remember it. Oh, I'm like, yeah, God. that was a fat worst one, because what the that, fuck was that? that? Game, <laughs> I, I can just remember being apoplectic. Like, Mike Jones, that penalty was fucking... Ugh. Disallowing Giovanni's perfectly good free kick. Nothing wrong with that. sending him off. Nothing wrong with that. So, unbelievable. (laughs) But no, you know, it was harsh. It was was never, ever, ever a penalty. Feels like a Vietnam flashback, that one. (laughs) You weren't there, man. (laughs) You weren't there. You don't (laughs) don't know, man. (laughs) I blacked it it out from the memory. It's like some repressed memories of mine that have just come back. It happened. It happened right down in front of us as well. Uh, I can remember Mings like kicked. He went to cross it, but he ended up poking the ball with his standing foot. <laughs> and then his momentum of the air kick with his right foot made him fall. Unbelievable! And it was so so exaggerated that me, my dad, and my brother were all laughing at him. Like everybody around us was laughing. And then Mike Jones gives the penalty. It's like you what? It's almost like Mike Jones there. Uh, yeah, went. They would be laughing in a minute. Oh, giving God. this here. What an awful referee he was. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good luck. But anyway, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. we digress as usual. <laughs> it's always fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I had cause to be optimistic. I, I, I did think that I agree with what you said. That I did think there was a lot of negativity surrounding it, and just I think it, overly so as well. It's like actually think a, negativity. A lot of the people who were being negative didn't watch the game. <laughs> Because well, whether they, whether they did or they didn't, I think one of the things we have with City fans at the moment is, and some of it's legitimate, mm. is that we have so little reason for positivity yeah. that sometimes we end up being negative where really there's no cause for it. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, overly so. Yeah, I'd, I'd and, say and that's fair. That's that's not me saying that's not me saying like everything's rosy and we need to be positive all the time. But when you've got two development squads playing each other, I did not see the need for like this over the top kind of. You know, just misery, doom and gloom. It was like you say, it was it was a good to watch and it was good to see some of the young lads out there and get an idea as to what they might be able to offer us. Well Greve, uh, Greaves as well. Well let's not miss Greaves making what was it how many years was it since his since um his he followed in his dad's footsteps, wasn't it? Yeah, was it twenty four? I think it was ninety six was it ninety five or ninety six yeah. season he made his debut and then he's made it pretty yeah. much day for day, like 24 years later or whatever it was. God, that, God, that makes me feel old. I know, me too. Um, I love that, though. Yeah, that's I love brilliant. that. That's, that's, yeah. It's part of a proper, like, a club tradition, that. Mm. Uh, and not necessarily City's tradition. I mean, it's part of building a tradition at a football club that you get, like, people from the same family, brothers and, and sons and fathers playing for the same club. I think mm. that is, you know, it's a really nice story. Proper, that. And he it? played really well, him and, mm. him and Jones, alongside each yeah, other. Yeah, I like the good. look of them both. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought McLaughlin had a steady away game at left back. Mm. Uh, Arthur was a little bit shaky. I don't think he's a right back. I think the. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know, know enough but... about him, but I think he's more suited to centre back. Having watched him because he was there at Gainsborough as well when we watched the twenty threes, yeah. 
I think he is more naturally a centre back, but he did he was a little bit suspect, wasn't he? Yeah, I, don't, I mean there was a couple of passes that were just undercooked. <laughs> like, oh God! Yeah. Oh, it's when he <laughs> tried to take it back to Cartwright. I was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. He gave out for corner. Yeah. God. Yeah, that was I a think. Um, I think the biggest word of praise from the entire night was um, Callum Jones. Mm. Oh yeah, he looked good in that midfield, didn't he? Yeah. What a what a, you know diamond he looked. He put in. Mm. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'd like. I love to see him on the bench tomorrow. I'll say that. I don't know if he will be or not because obviously you've got players coming back from international. Scott's back. Um, yeah, McGuinness, But I mean, I don't. I don't know if I'd throw him in. I think. The thing with these young lads is you don't want to chuck them in too fast, too soon. But like playing well on Tuesday night and then travelling with the squad, mm. going through all the preparations and things like that that he'll go through this weekend, that's a, a big part for his development. And um, hopefully, we'll you know eventually get to see him make the step up mm. because there were some some exciting passages of play for him in that yeah, game. He, he closed well. down very well. Snapping into tackles, he looked good turning away from pressure and finding a pass as well. He was very calm, wasn't he? Very, um, yeah, very he accomplished on the ball. I thought he was. I mean, you don't want to go overboard with the praise, but no, no, I, definitely... I understand that. But I do think you know, with when you like you said before, if you've got so many negatives around the club, but you've got a genuine midfielder who knows how to play that position and who's only so young, I think it's something that you know, I'm, I'm excited for this season, maybe two or three months down the line, if injuries hit he'd be the one that you want to come in, wouldn't it? Even just getting to watch him develop in, in um, the EFL trophy. I'm pretty sure he'd be a starter in most of those games. You'd think so. Uh, and it was it was strange, actually, seeing the contrast between his performance and, and Dan Batty's mm. performance. Because mm. um, I thought Batty was, was fairly poor. I thought for, the, for uh, the goal, he did what Batty does well, which was trying to find that through ball. He did that well to Chadwick. But I think other than he, that, Batty didn't have a, a great game. No, he didn't. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was an interesting contrast. But, yeah, definitely good to see Jones mm. um, playing so well. And then, you know, James Berry had a decent game, continued yeah. the kind of form that, that we saw at Gainsborough. So, mm. yeah. I, 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 like, like we've already said, didn't get the doom and gloom. There was, yeah. there was some reason for encouragement. Mm. Same here. With this section, we were just going to look ahead to the Gillingham game, um, which is obviously, uh, well, it'll be today when people hear this, but it's tomorrow for us right now. Um, how are you feeling um, about the opening day of the season, Rich, without being able to go? Sad. Because mm. I, I think, sad about it. I think Priestfield was somewhere where you'd have been going, isn't it? Yes. I think I'd have been going too, to be honest. But, yeah, it's um, a definite, a definite. Well, as much as anything can be a definite, given that the fixtures came out in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. where fans are locked out of the ground. Were it a normal season, I would definitely be going. Yes. Yeah. So I feel sad about it. Um, mm-hmm. There are there are certain things about tomorrow that do kind of give it like that new season feeling um, I am a 34 year old football kit geek mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to going into town tomorrow and getting my new city shirt nice um, please no judgement um, it's my no judgement over here mate I'll... yeah 
It's my money. I'll spend it on what I like. You, you do. <laughs> do right. You do as you I want. Don't care You're right. It's for kids. Let me live. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's, you know, there's that to look forward to, and that um, that bloke's got a small knob because it says small wood on his back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah anyway um <laughs> so i mean that is exciting that we can get the new shirt and stuff and then and i, I actually quite like all that training gear you know the kind of mint green yeah, stuff it's good that yeah it's, i it's quite different. like that color it, it's, different. It's, it's different it is different so um you know there's there's that that kind of gives you that kind of like oh football season starts tomorrow new shirt and yeah blah blah, blah. Yeah. um but yeah i do feel it's it's mixed feelings i don't like watching football on streams it's not what going no, is about for me no, um, I agree. You know, like with the games towards the end of last season, they were crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> Even that one we won, mate. Yeah, I mean, that Middlesbrough game was dog, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and it was like a bit of a novelty jumping around my living room, celebrating mm. a goal it, with kind of the frenzy and fervour that I did. Wilkes winner that day. Not another um, point after that. <laughs> well, yeah, counted count, count for nothing. Um, Still well, put an awful, well, uh, awful expression on Thingy's face, wasn't it? Warnock's <laughs> face. That was yeah. great to see. What I was going to say was, it's like the games were crap, but I always feel like if I go to games mm. and I'm in the stadium and I'm with my family or I'm with friends, it's like I feel like I always get something from the experience. Yeah, even if the day, yeah, what was it? Don't let. The football don't, ruin don't, a good day out. Oh, don't let the football spoil a good day out. The, at the football. football, yeah. Who was it who said that? I think it was Danny Baker. Was it Baker? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, that that's the thing, isn't it? It's not just about watching the footy, is it? But when you watch it at home, it is just about that. Because... Yeah, it's it's literally like you just distill it down to its its basic element, which is about a football game. That's it. Um, mm. And 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 when it's you know like. Like I say, at the end of last season, when when it is as poor as it is, the the experience is nowhere near the same. It cannot, for me, it cannot possibly compete. No. Watching games on TV cannot possibly compete with being in the stadium. Um, and I know when we were talking to Rich Garden the other week, he said that nobody falls in love with Hull City watching them on TV. And he was absolutely... no, I, I rem- yeah, I remember what he said about this. He said some people have fallen in love with watching Man United on the telly or whatever, but yeah. for him, it was all about. Cigarette smoke or cigar smoke yeah, and like the atmosphere the smell, and stuff like the that. The smell of stale chips at the back of South Stand at Boothry yeah. Park and stuff yeah. like that. Like I, can, yeah. I can remember that as physically as I can remember, like going, seeing the like vivid hue of the turf uh, under mm. the floodlights and stuff like that about Boothry Park. So it's spot on mm. with that. And because I've fallen in love with City by going to games, experiencing it. In this way, it doesn't it, feel right, does it? It's nowhere close to to what I love about going to to football. Mm. Um, and I know people will say, "Oh, you can go to non-league and stuff like that because their games are open." It's not the same. It's yeah. not the same because it's yeah. not. It, it's not. It's not your club. Is it's it? not my club. No. You would in, like if City weren't playing and non-league was on. You'd be like, "Yeah, I'll watch some football." Yeah. Yeah, I might do, but it's not. It's it wouldn't be your first choice because it's not the team that you are affiliated to. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so however poor tomorrow is, watching it on a stream, I would still rather do that than go 
mm. and watching on League Club. And some people would say, well, that's, you know, more for you and blah, blah, blah. But that's because I love that's it. Your, and it, and even watching it on a stream is like... At least we a, get something, but it's still yeah, not the same. Yeah, it's, it's nowhere near the same. So I've mixed feelings about it. What about you? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I am similar to you. Um, I mean, I'll, admittedly, I mean, I watch pretty much... I've always watched City ever since we were we were kids, you know. Um, and for the last couple of years, I haven't been as present in the ground. I, I mean, I've been over the last couple of years. Yeah, I wasn't a stay-away person per se. Um, but obviously, I did play, you know, amateur football myself on a Saturday until, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. So that often clashed with City unless it was a late kickoff or a Sunday game. Yeah, you were um, doing that. Was I was like, doing I was that. Always... I'd always arrange my weekends around City. That's it. And obviously, I would often rearrange my weekends around City previously, but getting to the age that I was, I thought, well, I've not got that long left of actually playing because I'm becoming a bit of a fat bastard. Um, (laughs) So, Aren't we all? Yeah. (laughs) That's not just lockdown, is it? That's just middle-age spread coming and, you know, whatever else. Early onset. That's it. Um, But, yeah being able to have that chance because obviously I was going to give football up like not I don't mean watching it I mean playing I was you know we played together didn't we a few years ago and then I kept playing but I changed to Saturdays and I was ready to give it up because I was playing Sundays again and not enjoying it and then I joined like Drift Drift GFC and I played number one a couple of times and I was playing County Prem so ironically the, the older I got the higher up I went in the divisions and I was enjoying it more um, but it just got to the stage where I wanted to do more work just about with watching football. So obviously I do the writing that I do and everything, but I then started non-league writing, didn't I, last year? So particularly with Ferriby was the last role that I'm obviously I'm not at now because I'm focusing on City. But it was different for me because I'd watch the games afterwards rather than go to them last yeah, season. And, and, you and watched towards the, the end... Sorry, go on. You watched a fair few like the significant games and stuff on TV, mm. and because you spent time in the states as well, like you've been away, and yeah, that was your connection to the club in that way That's at it. that time, wasn't it? Yeah. So we'd obviously growing up together and always being at City every week. I wasn't as present as you for different parts because either I wasn't there <laughs> in the country, um, or you know, lots of other things. It just it would wasn't the same but having not been obviously I'd always be a City fan always um, but I was more ironically when we couldn't go to the games when the lockdown happened and then the resumation of the season this this time when we started the podcast I then became far more um, desperate to go back because mm. it was something I couldn't do I think having the choice and going, I could go to City or I could play this after. I'll play because I ain't got that long left in me. Um, now it would just be well. Even I have people still ringing me saying, "Oh, can you come and play?" And I'm like, "No, because I'm watching City." Yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, you know I'm 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 doing a live text commentary tomorrow, for example. Um, so I'll be watching the game and blogging along with it. And even that, I like much more than now than playing. And two years ago, I wouldn't have said that. I would have been very much like, oh, I'd rather play, you know, while I can. But now it's just gone back to how I used to be when I was younger. And I just want to watch City. Yeah. Like, like even I said to you, didn't I? I said, I don't know if I'll watch that Leicester game. Because I don't know if I'm <laughs> home from work in time and whatever else. And in the end, I got back 15 minutes before kickoff and I thought, yeah, I'm getting it. I'm watching it. And I'm glad I did in the end. Because mm. if I didn't, I'd have watched it back like you did. But I just felt 
you know, I'm excited for the season to start, even though, as you say, it doesn't feel the same. Um, because I think it would have been an away game had I gone to. Um, the last away game I can remember us two going to was a couple of seasons ago when we went to Rotherham. Rotherham, yeah. And that was under Nigel Atkins, and that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, good um, night. It was a really good night, that. Um, it was with your brother and Eddie, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, that, Days like that are what I'm really missing at the minute, because I want to go to an away game with a load of mates and just have a bit of a laugh and just enjoy the atmosphere of a stadium, and you can't do that now. can't do that. You can't get that community together, which is no. what, what it's about. You know, days like the first day of the season, it's it's that um, it's that unknown, the hopes mm. there. You don't know mm. which way it's going to go. Everything's possible. You say the unknown, it's 4-3-3, mate. That's... <laughs> well, that's a nice segue. It's a nice segue <laughs> to... Uh... Because so I we think it'll go. Yeah, well, I mean, I look. I was looking just. I just looked at the whole live. I think it was um, Phil Buckingham's piece, and he's predicted his starting lineup, and he's gone with Ingram, Emmanuel Burke, Device, Fleming, Smallwood, Honeyman, Doherty, Wilkes, Scott, McGuinness, which is pretty much the same team, bar McGuinness and Scott, as started for uh, Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say. That even though I might want a couple of different players in there, I think that's what he's going to go for. But the only question mark for me is Honeyman. I don't know if he'll start him. I think he will. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about McGuinness either. He just got sent think, off for, for North now. Yeah. He loves a red card. That I think McGuinness will start as well. I think he will because he's the only really recognised, uh, experienced striker we've got. Yeah. He's been out, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, know we're all clamouring for, for Lewis Potter to start. And I, I think there's going to come yeah. a point where he, he really... He's going to have to do it at some point. I don't yeah, think tomorrow's I mean, the game, though. He's making his... You know, he's really pressing his claim to, to start. Um, well, I mean, he scored, which is more than we did when... in, in a, Even any of the last competitive games, we were nilled significantly. Yeah. We, at the end of the season, then, we didn't score in open play against Sunderland. The first time we scored an open play, God knows how much it was Lewis Potter that did it. Um, so I do think he'll be on the bench and he'll probably come on probably about 68 minutes. Um, I don't know about McGuinness, but with him being on international duty and, and everything, I'm not sure he'll be how up to speed he'll be. I don't think Scott played, did he? Don't think so. When he was away. So I'd be interested to see how Scott gets on tomorrow. I do think he'll start. I think mm. he'll be there. Because there was there were flashes here and there of of promise at the end of last season, but he he just come back from a long term injury, so you couldn't expect too much of him. No, um, no, it was a time when we needed him to deliver. But in any other season, you'd be looking at it and thinking, "Well, he needs to find his way." Yeah, a, coming back from injury, B in a new team, and C at a new level of football. So there's I think a lot it was going against him because he scored so early on against Bright um, Birmingham. I think a lot of people expected him to do that every week. Yeah, um, and you just won't have it in one a young player who's new to the league, and two somebody who again is young and coming back from a serious injury where he'd been out six months. Mm. So, I'd be interested to see how Wilkes gets on tomorrow. Yeah, mixed bag against Sunderland for him, mm. wasn't it? It was. Um, I like. Again, I like. I like Wilkes. I think he shows flashes of ability. The thing, the thing with him, I said it to somebody on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but. 
Um, the thing with him is he can look quite untidy at times. It's um, almost like he's not coordinated when he's yeah. running or he doesn't know which way to turn. He looks clumsy. Yeah, he will sort of push his way kind of into situations and it's, it's sort of as if he will do things through brute, not brute force, that's the wrong the wrong phrase, mm. but it's it's like by power and kind of blundering his way into situations. Yeah, rather elbowing than his way through rather yeah. than just gliding past the blow, yeah, like he, making he, him off. Yeah, He doesn't beat people, I mean, ridiculous comparison, he doesn't people in, beat people in the same way that like Jared Bowen would. Um, no, no, but that you are aiming, at, you know, with the, the type of player he is, he'd like to be that sort of player, wouldn't he? Yeah. He's got the number like, seven on his back, so he should be, you know, he should yeah. be that sort of flair player that we look to. But it's but, as if he finds himself in decent situations almost through sheer force of will rather than anything else. And then he often picks the wrong pass. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, I so mean, yeah. He's very frustrating. He is a frustrating mm. watch, but then he's, he's, you know, he scored a good number of goals at the, the back end of last season. Um, he was our top, bit... st- top scorer in 2020, wasn't he? Yeah. So. Yeah, it was. So I think there's something in there. Um, so I think he'll start again. Yeah, I think he will. Um, I would think he would probably go with, again, Ingram. Emmanuel, for me, has got to start. Mm-hmm. I think he'll bring in the experience, more experience, Birkin device. Although I would like to see Jones at some point because I thought yeah. he did well. I don't yeah. think it's probably ready just yet because if I he's not played that much him. for Southampton. That's what um, I was going to say. I'd imagine with him doing the full 90 the other night that it was yeah. almost more to get it in his legs and maybe yeah. it's part of a, an extended pre-season for him and he'll just be there as cover. Mm, and you'd expect Fleming to start seeing as though he didn't play at all. He didn't feature, did he, at left-back because it was no. McLaughlin. So McLaughlin will probably drop to the bench. No. I mean, what's what's the situation with Elder? He's he's back in training, isn't he? But... Yeah, he is, but I, don't, I think it's come too soon for him this game. Yeah. I think it'll be next week. Um, against Crew at home, I think it is next week. Um, so it may be, yeah, I think it'd be too late for him tomorrow. I don't even know if he's been named in the squad. Um, but we'll, I mean, we'll see tomorrow. I just, I can't see anything more than a one nil Gillingham win. But that's <laughs> that's just me being really pessimistic. If we play like we did against. Leicester, although the same players won't be playing. So I, that was the thing I was going to say to you. Ironically, I think our young lads can play 4-3-3 a lot better than the, the senior pros. It looked like a slightly altered 4-3-3, though. Mm. There was there was definitely... It was uh, a little bit more of a kind of... It was like a 3-1 and a 2 yeah, rather than it was, a 3 yeah. across the top. Yeah. Um, but that switch worked because we've scored. Um, but... I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna go anything other than four three three to start with tomorrow, is he? He's oh. he's gonna he's gonna do that. A Smallwood will be holding probably with Honeyman, and then Doherty will be in front of them too. Yeah, um, I, I would imagine that would be the case. So it's, I mean, Gillingham, I think will be a physical side. Did, you know, they're a decent outfit at that level. Uh, mm. Finished tenth in the league. They've had a yeah. they've had a a sort of mixed pre-season, I think. That, that They've done well in some games when I've looked, but I just think, yeah, I, th- I think they have had a mixed bag, but at least they've had a pre-season that they've reported because we didn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Steve Evans, isn't it? It is, manager. Yes. It was funny, um, Phil Buckingham tweeting 
his uh, his piece with Steve Evans comment saying that City are far too big for the division. Mm, whoever we had that much. before, I'm sure that was whoever was in charge of Oxford at the time, Ian way Atkins. back in 2000. Yeah, Ian Atkins. It's 2003, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he gave us digs and then we finished above him. He did. He, he said he said something to the effect that if he'd had the squad and the budget that Peter Taylor had, he'd been running away with yeah. the league. HMS um, pissed the league, I think he'd be steering. I think that's what yeah, he was getting at. And, yeah. and then his, his Oxford team came to us and we absolutely tonked him at the KC. Brilliant. Good that. night, that. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah, remember, I mean, remember Evans have... losing his shit on the sideline that time. Yeah, I, I cannot stand Steve Evans. No, I that's cannot. what I was going to say. Buckingham saying about his comments. Mm. It's like it was a blast from, from the past. It's like, bloody hell, Steve Evans. I've Gosh. really enjoyed not having to think about people <laughs> like Steve Evans for the last 15 years. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, odious toad. <laughs> um, he is, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's toad of toad all, isn't he? <laughs> that's Just what I was really, going to say. He's a Scottish toad of toad all. Poop, poop. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's it should be an interesting battle tomorrow. Um, what, what are it's you funny, predicting? It's funny, isn't it, talking about teams at this level. It's like we haven't had to think about these teams no, no. And, and, and these clubs for so long that it's like coming down to to League One and, and all of a sudden you, you have to kind of look at games and like, well, that might be a tough one. We don't know, you know. Mm. A lot of us don't know anymore. We've become so used to the rarefied air of the Premier League and then what a lot of us see is kind of our natural level, which is a championship. Mm. I mean, I, I have done a fair bit of research for you know different articles I've written and stuff about League One, but I would I will say it wasn't a league I've paid attention to last year that much. No, I've had to go no, back and look at... We, we have no interest. If I wasn't writing about City, then it wasn't something that I knew. And I did know some things, but I didn't know an awful lot. So... Teams like Gillingham, we've not had to kind of look at them as opposition and say, well, when was it we played them last? And that does add to the new kind of new season feel and the excitement of new teams that we've not played for a long time to me. Um, yeah. But according to like the odds, if you look at the odds, we're actually underdogs tomorrow. Slight Gillingham, outsiders, aren't we? Yeah. Slight. Gillingham are marginally shorter odds. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think. I think a one nil win. Yeah, I do. Um, I I would take a score draw tomorrow. I want to see us score some goals, but I, a, a draw away from home wouldn't be the worst result in the world. Um, I don't know about you, how you mm. think it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I was reading the piece in the the Mail today where the the local media were giving their predictions, and it all yeah. seemed quite. Uh, gloomy, yeah. <laughs> you know, particularly David Burns. I thought <laughs> it made for quite a funny read. Um, <laughs> how down he is on on City's prospects. But I mean, we'll get some... to that maybe later on, slightly yeah, in a bit more but, detail. But what what I was going to say, what I took out of that was there were some very good points about how difficult it can be to reverse um, reverse things when you're on a or to. to it's the mentality it's thing, isn't it? You can't, re- you can't reverse things when you're in a slide. It's like yeah. how, how you stop a slide and, mm. and start to build that winning kind of mentality and a little bit of momentum. Mm. They always use the term. They always use the term marginal gains and things and all of that sort of thing, don't they? But 
Yeah, the, the bit that is it, it should have been building on the performance that you know if the first team I assume will have been there watching on Tuesday. They, Apparently, they, they were. Yeah, they can't have been discouraged by what they saw. You know, they young lads giving their all for the shirt and getting robbed in the last minute by a dodgy pedder. You know, it doesn't really matter about the result because we don't care about that league, do we? We don't care about that cup, the trophy, whatever. Um. But to see us finally score a goal at the KC for the first time in a long time of trying and have a performance in the second half where you think, well, we could have, could have, could have nicked it there. I know it's a development squad and everything else, but going on, on from good performance there and then winning on penalties, you've got to take the positives out of those games to try and get the players ready and firing for tomorrow, haven't you, really? You can't... Yeah, I mean, I... If I'm honest, I don't know how much effect that game will have um, mm. on on the first team. Um, well, there's only Dan Batty who was first team who played. Really. But yeah, I mean, the, 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 you know, Alfie Jones and... Um, yeah, well, they will be first team. But Clockley will be in and around, yeah. won't they? Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what that will do for the for the other lads and, and kind of stopping the rot that mm. has, has definitely set in. It is just going to be difficult. And I think the importance of, of getting a few um, a few wins and, and draws and stuff like that early on can't, can't really be understated if we're, if we're going to try and make an attempt at the, the automatic promotion swaps. Um, that's what he talked about today, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, and I think that's an awfully long shot. <laughs> if 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 I'm honest, I can't see it. And no. that's the that's the thing, isn't it? It's 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 the unknown. It's like, what are we going to do this season? We're in because we are in such a downward spiral, or we're at the end of last season. It's kind of where does it stop? And it needs to stop very quickly if we're going to have mm. any chance. Um, I mean, McCann has to be on a short leash as well. Um. I think Robbie McKenzie may play tomorrow on a different topic. Yeah, that'll be an interesting, interesting story. Um, yeah. I was just, I was just looking at the, the the possible lineup for Gillingham, and I noticed Jack Bonham is in net for them potentially. Did, do you remember what relevance he has to City? No, tell me. He was in goal when um, McCormack scored that lob when they played Watford. When Leeds played Watford, when we was relying on them for us to go up to the Prem in two thousand and thirteen. No, we we weren't relying on them. <laughs> We'd already done enough. We to, it was then Elmer Hammerdy's dance afterwards. Lots of people <laughs> remember, but Jack Bonham was the Watford keeper that day. Right. Okay. So stat, stat, stato, stato. Is that a stat or just a fact? Well, it's just factoid, isn't it? Fact. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that that's a that's an interesting link to City. I don't think there's any other ones on there looking at the squad other than obviously. Uh, maybe he'll McKenzie. do us a favour tomorrow. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, they they won midweek, didn't they, in the AFL Trophy? I think they beat Crawley. Mm. Um, but again, I don't think it'll be a competition they're taking too seriously. It's very much a fringe team that will have played there as well. So that's yeah. no judge for who they're going to play. Was it weekend. was it Crawley they played? Yes. Uh, it's a Steve Evans derby then. It was, yeah. He yeah he was there, wasn't he? Well, he's yeah, been all over. He's been all over that lad, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, God, Steve Evans. <laughs>
So we're going to do any other business for the last section. Yeah, it's been a you know a fair bit to talk about. There has. Uh, do we want to start with the uh, the Humber side controversy? Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's a big shame to be honest. Um, I mean, I I like listening to to Burnsy and and people. Um, it's I always think they're a good commentary team. To be honest, there's I've seen a lot of negatives. I will say. On, on social media regarding the homicide team and I think it is unwarranted personally um, but it's not you know I mean we'll be watching the game won't we we'll be streaming it it's those people that for me like the older generation who will always listen on the wireless as it would be you know they've they've you know last 20 30 years whatever they've, they've been listening to the same commentary team and it's almost like it's done out of spite Mm. Um, it seems like, well, they've used the coronavirus and the lockdown and losing money as a kind of excuse to to just have another, yet another PR disaster where in the summer they've actually signed, you know, the club have actually signed some decent players. We've strengthened the squad in, in areas that we needed to be strengthened. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, it's been... It's like trying to build those those relationships back up after such a poisonous end to the season. And yet... The, the eve of the season, what do they do? They don't renew the contract and they say, if you want to listen to it, you're going to have to pay us some more money. And by yeah. the way, we'll still take all your money out for your season passes. And fans are rightly really frustrated. And I know there's one of the one of the patrons, um, Mike Sam, who's a good mate of mine. I, I knew, I've not seen him for, for many years. He lives out in Kuwait now, but his mum still lives here. And she was absolutely gutted because he told me, he messaged me and said, I'm fuming at this. Because it's not for me, it's for my mum. You know, she's, you know, a lot older than I am, obviously. She's she's stuck in a way. She won't want to watch it by streaming. She won't, you know, older people are not always au fait with technology the same way and want to change the ways of doing things, do they? No, I mean... I mean, your, your granddad would, would be the same. I'm sure you've, you, yeah. you've had conversations with him and you'd show him how I follow works and he'll probably say, well, why is it five minutes behind, Rich? Yeah, or, <laughs> you know... It... It's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's people who are, you know, have visual difficulties and yeah. things like that. It just that. feels really insensitive and like a cheap shot, just a little bit like, you know, let's just sort of poke them a little bit more. It's, it's just one it more feels like, I'm not, saying it, I'm not saying it is that, and I'm, I'm not defending anybody either, but I, I do think a lot of fans will feel it, it feels like that. And mm. it's the timing of it that I think was so disappointing. Yeah, it's it's one more thing that makes it feel a little bit more like there's another barrier to supporting your club. That's it. By that time as well, the eve of the season, well, I know it was the EFL, the um, Carabao Cup, but people will have missed listening to City and they think, yeah, I'll tune in tomorrow. And it just feels like it's automatically done as this this cheap shot. As I say, I just think it's... I just think it's a, it's very poor, um, and a lot of people rely on that. You know, if if people are listening at work or whatever else, you know, you've got your radio on. It just feels such a shame that a lot of the fan base are now alienated and will probably, as a result, not spend the money for the club. They've lost out with that because you, the majority of people who 
would have listened. They're not now going to li- to subscribe to the Tigers mm. TV stuff, are they? They well, I follow or whatever we've got it's, now. It's more likely to be a move that pushes people away than draws. Exactly. Them in. Yeah, I just think it's it's poor thinking all round, but it's short sighted, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. It's. I mean, I just think the the hierarchy at the top of the club has been short sighted. A lot of the time, we go back to the Jackson Irvine and Eric Lehigh thing. How short-sighted was it not to send the, not to give them another month's severance pay and it left us without an experienced midfielder, without a right-back? And I'm not saying it would have kept us up because it probably wouldn't have done, but it didn't help situations, did it? But it's, a, it's, it's a decision symptomatic of the way that things are going mm. or have been for quite some time. And I just I do think it's a shame as well because... As I say, you know, it was it was very it was vitriolic at the end. I mean, we how fuming were we on the last episode we did of, of season one properly yeah, after yeah. McCann had said what he'd said and and, and that said the owners have been first class. And we yeah we we waited a couple of days, didn't we? Because we we were texting each other on the after the game against Cardiff and we were fuming, weren't we? <laughs> and but after that, you know, things coming, mate. Proper fuming. Inbox me. Too many snakes <laughs> around here. Um, <laughs> But I, I just thought it was after after all of the, the the summer and anything. Hey, I tell you what, making some decent signings here. It's almost like they were trying to build back up a little bit and think, right, we're going to have a go with this. You know, club's still up for sale, whatever. But we want to try and get back up and everything else. And in some ways, they were going the right way about it. And then it's almost just like they've built half a half a building, and then they've just nuked it with this. <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are on the situation, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like I say, it's just something else that that puts a barrier in the way of, of uh, people being able to support the club through whatever means they can. Mm. Um, I always try and look at things kind of even in an even-handed fashion, if if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand, in a way, what they were saying about trying to maximise revenue streams. Yeah. You know, but I cannot see this move having the impact that would make it a worthwhile decision no. uh, on club finances. I mean, they might say that every penny counts and you don't become a millionaire by like chucking pennies about and what have you. Um, but you're destroying half your fan base with not being able to listen to the game in the first place to so then spend the money on other things. Yeah, yeah I'm, that's why... I, I, I think it's something that in in the cold light of day, it's it's not a worthwhile decision to say. Well, we'll take this access away from people. Mm. You know, it's a, this is an area that's already deprived in a lot of senses, and mm. to remove people's ability to be able to listen to these games for free at a time when there will be people losing jobs yeah. and. We can't even go to the grounds if we wanted to. No, I think it's I think it's short sighted, and I think they might argue that it's a positive move because it might bring some extra money into the club. I can't see it. I can't, but that might be their argument. Yeah, I, I get I that. Cannot, I do get I that. I cannot see the money see what, that it. No. Would, I, I can't see the money it would bring in being worthwhile when you offset it against the damage that it does for the club in terms of reputation. Because I th- I think, personally, I mean, I don't know about you, but say if people weren't going to tune into the games because they don't want to spend a tenner to watch a game against Sunderland or whatever, right? <laughs> I get that. 
you may listen to Burnsy on the radio if he was able to commentate, whether he's with Swanee or whether Matt Dean's there or Mike White or whoever, right? You'd listen to that. That wouldn't cost you anything because, again, the BBC is part of the licence fee that you pay, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's no more outgoings than you'd normally have. However, if there was a good result at Sunderland, like there was, you might say, hey, tell you what, I love that City shirt. Next week, I'm feeling positive now about the season. I might go down the club and I might spend 40 quid on a shirt. You're not going to get that now because they're going to go, do you know what? Fuck them. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Spiteful bastards. Because I can't listen for free, I'm now not going to give them my money for any merchandise. That's how it feels to me that people mm. will make that decision. And rightly so, I think, in lots of people like me and you are absolute mugs and we'll end up buying the city shirts that we want and still watching the games. But not everybody's in those positions, are they? No, and, and you know, fair enough if, if people feel that way, that it's just mm. one more thing. And it's for a lot of people, it might be the last straw. Um, yeah. And there will have been other people whose last straw came sooner. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like you say, sometimes you do think, are we daft for, for carrying on and, <laughs> and doing what we do? But, it's you know, everybody has to come to those decisions themselves. I yeah. have my own reasons for still wanting to go and still, still having my membership and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's the thing. Like, <clears throat> I think a lot of again with, with with City, I think sometimes the danger is that a lot of people do focus on negatives too much, and I think end, fans end up bickering because some yeah. people say there's no. Oh well, if 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 none of us bought anything, therefore they clear out. I don't think it's as simple as that. I'm not um, convinced. I'm not convinced either, and I do think that. If you make that decision yourself and say, I'm boycotting, I'll always support the club, but I'm not going to put any money, any single penny into that club whilst they're still there. I think that's their right to do it. And if that's what you want to do, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I also wouldn't have any problem with people who say, don't care, I'm going home and away every single game because that's what I want to do. That's what I've always done and I'm never going to change. I don't see why people who are boycotting or staying away would then get into arguments with people about people who wouldn't stay away. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, it just I do. seems yeah. it seems a little bit fractious and a little bit unnecessary when that's, that's we're all city fans. That's the way it's been now for seven yeah, years. I know it is, but it just feels just it feels worse than ever now after that mm. thing. Because even if you didn't watch the game, you, even if you were driving home from somewhere else, on comes Burnsy. We listen to the commentary of probably City losing one nil, but we still listen, <laughs> don't we? And now it's updates and actually live commentary of Scunthorpe. I mean, all due respect, I don't want to listen to Scunthorpe. I don't want to listen to Lincoln. I don't want to listen to Grimsby Town. I'm not bothered. It, it used to be that City was one of the main ones that they cover, and you have live commentary from there and, and everything else. And now I know them the the commentary team is still at the game, but it. It just feels, it just feels weird that that that's another way that they've tried to get in, and I don't know if it's if it's something to do with how um, badly McCann handled the questions Burnsy threw at him at the end of the season. It almost feels like it's a, almost a revenge shot in some respects. I don't know if it is, and I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I don't know if it's just that little spiteful thing towards the BBC that was oh they were asking me unfair questions that I didn't like. Um, I mean, we couldn't possibly they'd... say really on that one, could we? We'd... No, I know, and that's that's me delving into it a little bit too much, probably. But it it does still feel like it's a little bit of a cheap shot and one that he just got Eab's sort of wry smile on it 
because he's just going to say that it makes business sense to do what he's done. Mm. Um, not sure. Well, well, that was the first item anyway. <laughs> we talked 12 <laughs> minutes about one item. Um, was there any other business you, you wished to discuss? Um, I was going to say the kit, but I don't think it makes for an exciting listen, does it? <laughs> I think it might do for some people. Um, the kit is I, nice. <laughs> the kit is nice. Both kits are nice. The third like the and the home. Yeah. I like the home strip too. It looks good in the flesh also. Um, and and the, the sponsor as well. It's nice to have a local sponsor. It is. Um, not some betting firm mm. from Kenya. another part of the world <laughs> looking looking to expose or to, to, to get into a, a market. In, in another country, it's a local sponsor. It is, it's good um, that they've, they've done that. Yeah, um, and, and, and the best thing is, it, it looks it looks all right on the shirt. It does, yeah. It's it's not um, Flamingo Land-esque or anything like that, is it? No, it's, it's, it's not poor. completely... Um, it's, it's not like um, obtrusive. It's not obtrusive. The um, um, third kit has really divided opinion. I've seen on social media. Some people immediately, I hate it. Others immediately, I, I love that. But I mean, I mean that's that's fine. But it, it there's no in between with that kit. It's definitely my money, isn't it? Uh, what? I, no, I thought it was a beef of blue. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, we we that... we both agree. I think it's a nice shirt. It goes back to what I was saying earlier on, where because everything's negative, it's like where there's something that they don't like. It's like it's it's, it's almost like they, you know they took your jobs. Yeah, it's the, the other you know, thing that, is what do you see all the time? If you know if somebody doesn't like a shirt, they must have spent five minutes designing that. And it's like, oh please, you have absolutely yeah. no idea how the intricacies of designing a kit even works. It so, does. They didn't spend five minutes doing that. I know a five-year-old didn't design it. So if you don't like it, don't, don't buy, buy it. it. Exactly. Don't worry too much about it because it'll probably only be worn twice. I mean, last <laughs> season's third shirt was lovely. It's one of yeah, my favourite away yeah. kits. The teal had. one. Yeah, I really yeah. liked that. Yeah, um, it was a nice shirt. I liked. I liked the the white. The white the one. marketing the one. pattern that that Umbro put behind the third shirt last year that it linked to that famous photo of the Bufri Park South Stand ticket hut. Yeah, um, you see, Umbro do things properly, mate, don't they? With with well, shirts, with, you know, it's like what have I seen today? It's Burnley's kit or their black away kit, which I think is made by Umbro as well. Okay, and they've said um, that the fact that the lion from Burnley's crest is mm-hmm. woven into the shirt. Yeah. It sort of harkens back to Burnley's history and lets players and fans know that they're proud of their history and blah blah blah. That's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> what did and, the in between? Clubs... What did the in between us say? Do you like football? Yes, I do like football, but not Burnley. Burnley can <laughs> fuck off. And so can <laughs> that quote because I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking year. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm yeah, just there's... looking at the black kit, by the way. It looks all right, actually. It's okay, but you see what I'm saying about like that mm. marketing pattern. It's been written yeah. by somebody, and it's like it's a design feature. Mm. Nobody looks at mm. that and says, "Oh, well, that harkens back to Burnley's tradition and history and blah blah blah." It's mm. it's it's waffle yes. that they put in a press release. The thing was with last year's third strip was 
all right, in a way, it's kind of like waffle as well in that they're saying it, it goes back to the colours of Bowfrey Park and stuff. But there was that photo and you could see that it was like, oh, yeah, yeah okay, did, yeah, I can see yeah, what they're saying. Yeah, I get that. So this is a long way of saying for as nice as last year's third kit was, we ultimately only wore it a handful of times. I think it was two or three times. Yeah. So yeah, I can't remember about... that many games that we did wear, wear that, but... Don't worry about it that much. If you don't like it, don't buy it and you won't see it often. It's, I fine. Think it's that... fine, mate. We won't judge you not for not liking it and nobody else cares. So Yeah, I, I, I like it. I think a third strip is meant to be something a little bit non-traditional. Um, yeah. It's, but... It is a little bit odd, I will say, they've announced the third kit before the away one. It, but, pro- it, it might mean that they're going to need to use it sooner or something possibly, like that. Possibly, yeah. Um, it may be to do with the colour that may clash with another team that yeah, playing I mean, or something like that. It's purely speculation, but I reckon that the away kit, main away kit, might be black. Yeah, I think it probably will be. Because um, it was white last year anyway. They wouldn't usually yeah. do the same colours two seasons in a row, would they? They, they seem to rotate them in that way. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I saw some people saying it's the worst kit that Umbro have done for us but I mean <laughs> I don't know about that it's not it's I do not... look I do, there are some right comments flying about on Twitter aren't they that nobody yeah. can back up with anything it it's does it does make purple, me laugh you know no. <laughs> yeah, <but> that, <laughs> yeah that purple one I wasn't so fond of I mean I have it yeah me I've too but I, don't, I don't really wear it that much I bought it because well it was about I think it was about a tenner when they were selling it off yeah I well that's I, why I, I bought it, it. I got it around Christmas that season. I got Livermore on the back, and then he left about three days later. So uh, beautiful. I, I don't think I took the tags <laughs> off it for about another five months. <laughs> <laughs> so I've worn it twice because it's you know it's not really my colour, but yeah, yeah, it's not it's not as garish as that. It's not no, as it's bad not. as the Premier League away kit from two thousand eight nine. That grey one. Oh, that grey one. Hell. If it was so, Man United playing in that, they'd have said they couldn't see each other and they could only see the fans. Yeah, yeah, and you know then. Twelve years later, would be one up in that with a zebra kit. So yeah, well, God, yeah. <laughs> you be thankful it's that. not a zebra kit. State of that kit, <laughs> it's horrid. Yeah, it's not. I mean, we can't really talk with that tiger print shirt that I really chose as my first top number it's a design one shirt. Classic, that but... it's a design <laughs> classic. Yeah, well, actually, it goes with our nickname. If the these red devils from Man United, I'm not sure what zebras have to do with them. Um, but anyway, I think it was in hell. <laughs> Red Devils. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Um, maybe um, I'm not sure when that third kit comes out, though. It's not out tomorrow with the home, is it? No, soon. That's what they said. It just said soon. soon. Yeah. yeah, soon. soon. <laughs> Gabbo. Yeah. <laughs> soon. Gabbo, um, Gabbo, Gabbo. Yeah. <laughs> So we will, uh, well, I'm sure you'll be sitting at home watching the game in the new strip that you'll buy tomorrow. Yes, yeah, shorts and socks on as well. <laughs> Full kit Wally. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not doing that. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've known you for many years. No, that's not happening. <laughs> uh, so, um, that was, that, I think was, that was all we had to talk about in yeah, OB. I think was there, so, yeah. I don't think there was anything else, was there? It was uh, Radio Humberside and the kit. Yeah. Um, just a just a quick thing before we uh, before we wrap up, I guess. Um, I was looking at the anchor stats, Rich, for our podcast, mm-hmm. 
Uh, <laughs> we've been going approximately five months. Um, and just so people are aware of the stats, and obviously it's it's always nice to, to know it yourself, I'm sure. Um, our total number of plays, 4,234 in five months, which I think is pretty, pretty decent going. Um, if, if, if we earned money from Spotify plays, that would get us it, 20p. Hey, we could buy a Freddo. Or <laughs> maybe not these days, his price has gone up. Um, Curly Whirlies aren't as Curly good as to me. <laughs> um, just a couple of other stats before we finish. Why not? Um, 74% of our listeners listen through Spotify. Um, 16% through Apple Podcasts, 5% through CastBox, and 5% other. Um, so that's more stats for you. Um, and also, we have listeners all over the world. Most of our listeners are in the United Kingdom. Um, but there are these people listening and have done religiously since the start. Otherwise, they wouldn't come up on the, re- on the stats. United States, Australia, Norway, Ireland, Belgium, Denmark, Romania, Brazil, Italy. Germany, Austria, and Canada. We have listeners mm. all over the world. All Tigers spread out all over the world. All listen to Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah. So that's nice nice to know, I guess. Yeah. Um, you see, you can have a long name and go global. That's it. So, <laughs> are you listening, Iab? Are you listening? <laughs> no, you're not. You'd never... You'd never Google, never. Apple, Coca-Cola... Tigers, 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 blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, on that note then, um, we'll keep our fingers crossed for the Gillingham game. Hmm. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Me too, until the kick-off. <laughs> um, and I'm sure we'll do a reaction to that game and then preview for the crew game next week, um, at, probably at the same time. So you'll expect another episode from us next week. So. Yeah. Thank you for listening uh, and goodbye from both of us. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the game. Up the Tigers. <laughs>